Hello and welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. This podcast is aims to help excellent coaches grow excellent businesses. I'm not going to make this intro long. If you're interested in mentoring, head to afmentors.com. If not, enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. Today I have Sophia with me. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. We were just like, I feel like this always happens with us. We just got <laughs> the conversation and we're like, we probably should actually just record this because that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, anyway, you shared this a while ago and I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's a quote and it says that, realize that sleeping on a futon, by the way, who uses that word? It's American. Is it, is it American? Futon. It's- Sleeping on it anyway, or sleeping on the floor, whatever. When you're <laughs> Maybe a not... sofa, not the floor. <laughs> right, fine. Sleeping on a sofa is not the worst thing when you're 30, um, because you know what's worse? Sleeping in a king-size bed next to a wife that you're not really in love with, but for some reason you married, and, you got, and you've got a couple of kids, and you've got a job that you hate, and you'll be laying there fantasizing about sleeping on a sofa futon. There's no risk, sorry, there's no risk when you go after a dream, but there are tremendous amounts of risk to playing it safe. I oh, like- I want to cry. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? It's great. It's really great. It reminds me of, um, now I can't remember who came up with this. I feel like it was Jeff Bezos and his whole like frame is like regret minimization. So asking yourself that, you know, when you're scared of doing something, maybe it's starting a business, maybe it's leaving your job. Ask yourself, would I regret this on my deathbed? I know it seems quite oh. more, but it gives you such good perspective of like, actually, even if I tried this and it failed, I wouldn't regret trying it. Like I would regret mm-hmm. having not tried and never knowing. And that would haunt me for the rest of my life. Yeah. One of my friends, okay, not friend anymore, but anyway, Someone I know once said to me, um, the only thing certain in life is that we all die and what you do up until that point is up to you. And I was like, whoa. That's me. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to get caught up in stuff and think that like what you're doing right now really matters. Like I think another good uh, way that I try and think about stuff to stop me worrying so much about things is like, much smaller time frame but like will this matter in a week will this mm. matter in a month or even mm. is there even anything you can do about it why are you wasting so much time worrying about it yeah it's like focusing on what you can control and then again when people stress about other people's opinions it's like if you never saw that person again would your life change yeah <laughs> so brutal but savage so... <laughs> um so i listened to a podcast yesterday I don't know if you listen to Alex Harmonzi's podcast, but they're very, very good. But anyway, this one was on relationships and business and he's married to his wife, obviously. <laughs> he's married to his business partner and oh. Yeah. But what was interesting is he was like, I always get questions being like, how do I make my wife more like Layla, like your wife and make her like more involved in the business or more business minded? And he said that actually they started as business partners and then 
they worked on like the romantic side of the relationship and he was even like and I'd be livid if someone said this about me right but he said he wasn't in love with her when they got married <gasps> and I did it like maybe she would say the same right but he was like no we weren't in love when we got married we worked on that side of the relationship the business side was strong and like the foundation and the trust and the friendship was strong but like mm-hmm. the other side was the part we had to work on now normally it's the opposite way around right where like you're in love with someone, but you work on the other aspects of it. Yeah. Now I get what he means because I and I don't like being cheesy, but I fall more in love with my husband every day. And oh. it, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have said yes to marrying him if I didn't love him. But what I thought love was then is different to what I know it is now. And then I know in a year it'll be different because you know how loads of people are like, oh, when you get together and you're just shagging all, can I talk about sex on this podcast? (laughs) I mean, I won't go into details. No one needs that, but, and you're just shagging all the time. And then everyone's like, oh, and then that passion and spark dies down. The start of the relationship is like where it's all really intense and exciting and new. So that's why it's like that. And you've got more time because you put all your time into each other. It's like the world stops and you're just in this little bubble. And then real life sets in and that shows the couples that are meant to be together or it was just a physical thing. But then that passion and that spark and that chemistry grows deeper with connection. I think everyone's different. Everyone wants different things from relationships. But like, me and my husband are excited to get into bed every night, not to shag, because no, but to just chat. Like every night in bed, we get into bed early so we can have like 10, 15 minutes. Like we cuddle the dogs in bed. Then we put, oh, this is so sad. And then we put them in their beds and then we just cuddle and chat and that's it. Like, and that's the best part of my day. Oh, this is <laughs> so cute. But what so- were we talking about or what we were about to talk about? before we started was kind of like the balance yeah. between work and relationships I think that's really hard when you're yeah in a business mm. and you need someone who like you said what did you just say supportive or no partner supportive, supportive partner or no partner like and a supportive partner doesn't I don't want a partner that's involved in everything I do I want someone that just allows me to be me and wants me to do what I want to do and will support that but they don't have to be involved like you know Mm. how we were chatting the other day about like everyone in the fitness industry you just chat to everyone and that might be females it might be males it might be non-binary people whatever like I can't be with someone who's going to be like oh you can't go for a coffee with that person because they're male like yeah but again everyone's different like but this quote, like, I, I I see this quote all the time. And this is why every time I see it, I post it. And then it comes upon memories. But the first time I saw it, I made a huge life-changing decision. And this was like seven years ago. And nobody could understand. Well, very few people could understand why I made that choice. But then it was because of this quote, because what it made me realise. So... So many people stay in unhappy relationships, right? And part of it's like a sunk cost. And I mean, the quote's great because it does describe what a lot of people get stuck in, which is there are so many ties to it. Like you've got kids and for some reason you think that kids would be 
happier in I don't know like mm-hmm. a bigger house with a parent even if the parents aren't getting on like I don't think they would be but again people's own opinions but there's like the kids the house the bigger yeah. bed apparently like all, all these things that make those choices so 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 much harder but I think what's useful about the quote or that kind of the frame of what you would regret most is it gives you that perspective yeah and I literally sat back in a relationship that was like the guy and we're not friends I am not friends with exes like that's just again my choice um but he was a great guy like we just weren't right for each other and we had a house we had a dog all our friends were interlinked, like bills. We'd spent so much money on the house. And I was literally just like, we had like plans for the future. And I was just like, no. And he was like, well, what is it you want? And I was like, I don't know, but I know it's not you in like the nicest way. So I literally left, I like packed a bag. I took Apollo, who was only a puppy. And he was such a handful because Huskies are a nightmare. And I've never had so many offers of like friends sofas to stay on. But because of Apollo, I couldn't go to a friend's house because he destroys stuff and I couldn't let that happen. So I had to go back to sleep at my parents, which strange relationship with my parents, let's not go there. But I basically lived in my car, slept at my parents' house and was either in the gym, in my car or at my office because I had an office back then. And it was the best seven months of my life. And I saw the place I'm in now. I made an offer on it two days after we broke up. It then took seven months to go through instead of two. Um, And it was such an awful process, like buying him out because there wasn't enough equity in the property and all of that. And we managed to keep it as civil as possible because again, he's a really decent guy. And like, I always say, this quote he would have thought that about me like now he's got a partner he's got a baby he's got a house with them I think I've not spoken to him for ages but you know it's like people would look at that and think oh how can you say that about someone that's a nice person because he is and I'm like it's not a bad thing it's like two people that just aren't supposed to be together and it was me that made that choice because I just knew I deserved more but I didn't know what that was And then that seven months in my car, I would just sit there with my cup of coffee, my laptop, Apollo. And I was just like, I'm so happy. (laughs) That's amazing. Do you know what I think is most amazing about that and where most people would really struggle? And this doesn't have to be a relationship. It can be anything. I actually had a call with someone who's signing up to AFM today who was like, I'm quite like, I'm happy where I am. Like I've got this many clients, but I just think like, what's next? Like Mm. what else can I be doing? And it's because it's really hard to make a change from seven out of 10. Like when it's not awful, like if you were in an awful relationship, it'd be like, well, yeah, this makes absolute sense to leave. But I Mm. actually think what you did, which is like leave a really good relationship with like a really nice person for something that you have no idea. Like, you know, it's not like you were leaving Mm. someone else who you already were in love with or whatever. It's like you left without knowing what's next, but knowing that, that was never going to be enough and I think that's actually the kindest thing you can do to someone right rather than like be like yeah let's just keep going and see how this ends up and now he probably wouldn't be with like a wife and kids now yeah and it's settling for average isn't it like it's sitting back and don't get me wrong I'm not saying in relationships or career or friendships 
everything's going to be amazing all the time, but it should be amazing most of the time, like it genuinely should. Um, and it should inspire you. It should excite you. It should like make your heart like beat faster, like whatever it is, like it, yeah, it's just knowing that you deserve and want more. And then the person you're with deserves and wants more as well. Um, and the person that signed up to AFM thinking that best thing they ever did, because that's what I did, like what, two months ago, three months ago. Yeah. And, and look, look at, at you now. now. Look at you now, like employing coaches and what the can I swear? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's been amazing. Actually, one thing we were talking about on our call yesterday was essentially that what got you here won't get you there. So you were mm. saying that you'd had these opportunities to talk at numerous events and I was like you're gonna have to start being a little bit pickier with the events that you choose to talk at and you're like no 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 no. like I say yes to everything that's my thing and I love that right and when you're at the start of a career that makes sense but your time is finite and at some point you have to be like which options here do I want to say yes to and do I want to be like I'm going to say yes and show up 100 Mm. percent trying to say yes to everything spreading yourself so thin that you don't show up 100%. And I think that was quite a big turning point for me as well, when you're like, oh, I'm actually going to have to say no to stuff. Because normally I would be. Or like someone's like, hey, I know you're really busy, but could you could we meet up for a coffee? I just want to run something by you. And normally, like previously, I'd be like, yeah, of course, I've got time for everyone. But realistically, you mm-hmm. don't. Like mm-hmm. you can't always have time for everyone. So there was definitely a period, and I guess it's people-pleasing as well, where I was just like, yeah, 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 I'll go for everything. And like, who knows what opportunities might come off the back of this or that. And that's, what's quite exciting about it. And often opportunities do come off the back of those things. So you always want to say yes to these things or it's a new, like everything's an experience, right? So you're motivated to say yes to it. But at some point in your business, you have to start saying no to stuff and prioritizing your time. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm struggling with now. Like it's hard it's really hard because we're people people as well like you want to see people and not even just from a business perspective like I am always thinking that like how can this person help me out um but just from like you know being a coach and you're on your phone to clients all day so you are interacting but then it's nice to see other people in the industry face to face that isn't through a screen um but now it I I am gonna have to start after I run things through you which is why it's great having you there because uh, yeah. you can just sort my life out <laughs> it gives you a bit of perspective as well to be like yeah this is a great use of your time these are the things that you should outsource and I guess at different stages of your business different things will require that as well and I think mm-hmm. what the like the kicker for me was truly realizing like what got you here won't get you there yeah and then- it's hard to know that as well because sometimes the best advice is like oh well if this worked keep doing what's working right don't jump at the next shiny thing because you'll just get distracted but then at some point you have to be like well this I've kind of saturated the benefit of this mm-hmm. now to move on, on to the next thing that's going to get me to the next stage and knowing Which when is what... sorry it's just why that quote's always relevant because you could like in so many areas you can apply it to like friendships hobbies it's not just about relationships it's about I think a massive thing it makes me think as well is that everything's temporary 
So like mm -hmm. the good times, the bad times, the hard times. So then it's like, you've got to appreciate every moment, but then if things feel shit or difficult, knowing that that will pass, it kind of makes me think of that as well. Do you think, and I guess your story is good, like a good example of this, that like you can either stay on like a flat trajectory, like you probably would have been like mildly happy forever, right? With this other guy or in this other relationship. Yeah. Or you can take the dip, but mm -hmm. that right? And then maybe, and it sounds like for you, like your level of happiness has just gone up and stayed up. And that's not mm -hmm. to say like there aren't still dips and stuff, but yeah. if you've heard of, um, I think it's called like the baseline happiness theory. And that's that everyone has, it's almost like a genetic set point of happiness. And no matter what happens to you, you tend to come back to this baseline. Now, interestingly, there's like one thing, and this includes like, say your partner dies, you still come up to this baseline again, but mm -hmm. you lose your job. You never return to baseline. So like, obviously if you've got another job, fine. But this, the point is like, if you lose your career, so the only thing that seems to significantly reduce your baseline happiness is retirement. Wow. That's right. Because as much as we think happiness comes from like things that bring us like immediate joy, it doesn't. Like it comes from purpose. It comes from waking up, knowing what you're driven to do, having some purpose. And same as like this person I was talking to today that's like, yeah, I've got pretty much full clients, but like what's next? And it's because they don't have that like drive. They're like, I could do this stuff with my eyes closed now. I know this, mm -hmm. I know what works here. Like I'm ready for the next thing. And I think if you're not consistently like pushing yourself and that's not to say you can't be grateful and content and push yourself, but if you're not doing that, then I think you do lose a bit of drive and a bit of motivation and a bit of purpose. And then when your purpose is impacted, that's when your happiness gets impacted. Yeah. Have you read a book called Lost Connections? No. It's my favorite book in the world. Right. I'm noting it. Yeah. I've literally just wrote it down myself because I'm like, I want to read it again and then I can send it to you if you want. I don't know where it is. Oh, um, I'll have to get it on Audible. <laughs> can you not read books? No. Uh, yeah, I get that. I don't have like the concentration span for it. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, but this book, whoa. Comple I mean, every book, you're going to read books and be like, I love this bit, not really keen on that bit. But it's basically this guy that researches mental health and well-being, not necessarily the extreme of mental illness, but he goes around loads of different communities all over the world. Oh, it's amazing. And he like spends loads of time with them and finds out where the happiest people are. And we know that from people that live in, is it the blue zone? Is that what it's called? Yeah, because I like the healthy live the longest, or are they the happiest as well? I don't know that. I think there was some research that was looking at one thing and then found it like almost crossed over a little bit. But it's like people, and again, what everyone wants is different. I'm sick of saying that, but anyway. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, um, it's the people that have, like you said, purpose, meaning. It's communities that work together. It's not people that have. I mean money it's better to cry in a nice car than a shit car whatever but a lot of people like think that happiness comes from material stuff and it might for some people but that's risky because your material stuff can be took away but if you've got a community if you've got purpose if you're waking up each day and it's like 
oh, I'm going to walk with my village people to go and get water and make food and look after the children and build houses together. Like, wow, like that. I would rather do that than sit in a mansion all day. Yeah, because you've got some, yeah, you have one, the connection and two, the purpose. Interestingly, you mentioned about like success or even that, I guess, like financial success and happiness because they are like, they are correlated. And a really interesting book on this is, the happiness advantage so they are correlated but not for the reasons that most people think that they are so yeah. this the, the whole point in this book or the hypothesis behind it is that happier people are more positive so they're more likely to take risks so they're more likely to be like i'm going to look at the positives that could happen here not just the negatives and most people just look at the negatives right they're happier so they're probably more likely to speak to more people which means they get more opportunities uh-huh. and they go for those opportunities and it's like those small changes day by day add up to being substantially more successful so it's actually like the happiness that's driving success and I would Mm -hmm. imagine the loop right like once you you're more successful then you probably are a bit happier and like as much as people like to say that like money doesn't buy happiness like it doesn't directly but it's a lot easier to be happy when you're not worried about your finances like I I think it's, it's actually quite hard to be truly happy if you're always worried about you know if you're paying the bills and like that's constantly kind of like nagging at the back of your head then it's quite hard to even be present and enjoy yourself mm-hmm. and do your best work or show up at your best so I think that there certainly is a connection I'm not saying like the richer you are the happier you are mm-hmm. I felt that was a really interesting observation that but if you look at a successful person maybe they're happy right or often they are and you think yeah they're happy because they won the Olympics or because they I don't know built this incredible business no they built that incredible business probably because they were happy and for sure mm-hmm. having the amazing business probably brings more happiness but the correlation there or the causation there is like the wrong way around yeah and it's like you hear about you know when someone trains for ages for a competition or an event or bodybuilding and then they've done it and then they're like what now and they have that massive downer that and there's a real, I can't remember which boxer it was, but there's a boxer that basically does it all the time. And then he really struggles. He can focus on his health and his nutrition and his training when he's got a fight planned. And then he does the fight and it all goes to shit and he starts drinking and doing drugs and eating loads of junk food. And I think there's such a fine balance between, yes, you want to be happy and content where you are, but then also want more. But that to also be in healthy ways so like my client that's just done a photo shoot we're now looking at other goals yes he can still have physique goals but it's like right what do you want to work on in your personal life what other hobbies shall we try let's go rock climbing let's go trampolining you know like do different things and just doesn't mean you have to love it doesn't mean you have to start it but not just always focusing on that like destination and then when you get there it's like we say you can't find happiness in weight loss like for some people it will improve your happiness and your confidence I've got no doubt in that about that if you're in a body that makes you uncomfortable and you're unhealthy but it's what you learn on the way that equals that happiness and success and if you get there and you think that that's the end point and all your problems are answered well they're not (laughs) you're going to be pretty disappointed yeah that's the arrival fallacy yeah achieving something and thinking oh that'll be amazing and then actually 
being quite depressed after it like a lot of olympians feel that don't they because you i was going to say you train for four years but realistically you train for your whole life to get to the olympics and then you do it and whether you did well or not i think there's still this huge downer afterwards and then there's really interesting research around the like the joy that you get or the happiness that you get from expecting something so for example there's research that show that you get just as much from planning a holiday as actually going on it which is mad right but like even just like the process of doing all the stuff or like thinking about how that's going to be you get a lot of joy from that you get a lot of like dopamine hit from that Mm, that's what it is dopamine yeah it's interesting um but I totally agree that it's it's like what's really bringing you happiness is like the direction the focus towards a goal and it's who you become achieving that goal as opposed to the attainment of that specific goal itself like if you have a financial goal trust me when you meet it you will feel absolutely nothing you'll be like, oh, cool take that off and like you'll look around from your laptop and no one else will care and then yeah a massive creep slash show off so you're not gonna screenshot your strike balance and put it on instagram so you're kind of just like oh okay so what's next and then yeah. i also find and i don't know if you're the same as this but no matter what the goal is as soon as i get close enough to realize that it's within my grasp i already have another goal so i'm like even if it was like pull-ups I'm like oh I really want to get 10 pull-ups now as soon as I got like eight I was like well this is definitely going to be achievable yeah so what's my next thing after that like I'm already looking at the next thing and then it's quite easy not to celebrate your wins which Mm. I shame like especially business-wise especially as like basically a solo entrepreneur like you often just meet these goals and then the next day you're like well like or not yeah, even I'm, like five minutes after you're just like well I got on with work then yeah now I'm great at celebrating my wins like business wise I'll be like right I'm gonna buy a bottle of champagne or I'm gonna go on a spa day or oh, that's a cake and have it with the dogs or whatever but that's why this quote always applies doesn't it because it's like you are doing the thing to get you to the goal And then the more you do it, the closer you get, the more your confidence and belief in yourself grows. You're overcoming limiting beliefs. You've got past that stage where you've ever got before. So it's like working with a great coach for fat loss and actually the end point's in sight. And then you're like, oh, actually I could do more. So then you move those goalposts because you've got the proof and the evidence that you were able to get to a point you've never got before so then and sometimes that like you said that can be dangerous because you're not celebrating the wins like you're putting too much pressure on which can be good for some people bad for others um but this all depends on knowing yourself and what is going to drive and motivate you and where you find your dopamine or you find your success or your happiness because you know when you were talking about holidays i hate holidays i hate planning holidays i hate going on holiday I hate not being at home. I hate not being with the dogs. Don't get me wrong. If I'm away, I'll make the most of it. But this is where people are so yeah. different. This is what, so. This is a good example because I used to speak to Emil about this quite a lot, who was who I started AFM with. And he used to always be like, right, when you meet this goal that you've got, like, or it, I think it was a certain number for AFM or something. He was like, oh, let's go. Like, we'll go away or like, we'll do a spa day or something. And I was like, like you'd have to pay me to like that is not my idea of of like celebrate I don't know it's just like I don't want to do that though like wouldn't it be a celebration it's more 
And this is why I think it's very easy to get swayed by not just other people's markers of success, but also other people's like markers of like enjoyment. Like, oh, you get this, then then why don't you buy yourself a nice car? And I'm like, so absolutely no interest in cars. And or like you do this, why don't you go to a spa? And I'm like, because I don't want to go to a spa. Not <laughs> <laughs> what I do want to do yet, but like it's not those things. Yeah. So it's interesting. But, like sometimes you, you will end up doing things like that even though it's not actually what's bringing you any joy? Because you think it's what should be done. And this is where, again, a problem, not a problem, but an issue I think a lot of people have in relationships is they think they've got to have everything in common. You don't need to have everything in common. You need to have similar values and want similar things from life. Like, that's important. But me and my husband, complete opposites. Like, he loves sports cars. Is it sports cars? You know, like chav cars that sound loud. Oh yeah, like all like done up. Yeah, that's what he, he likes does. That. Yeah, he likes that, and he's a bodybuilder. What the hell? Like, so like he likes that, and he goes to like the car meets with his friends and his dad, and they do the cars together. And I'm like, it's great. He's got this hobby, and he like, you know, he worked so hard to pay for his hobby, and that's fine. Like great I'm always working anyway so it doesn't matter um and you know like we went on our honeymoon to the Maldives and do you remember when at Fit Expo and you were like oh was it good and I was like I won't go back like <laughs> it was so far away from home it was it was like photos and videos if anyone's seen the Maldives it doesn't do it justice but when we were there and I was like putting it on my story Every day I must have had about 10 messages from people like when I was in the Maldives and oh, I've been to this island. I'm like, I don't give a fucking shit if you've been to the Maldives. When we were there, I realised it was this place that people want to be seen at. So then I was like, oh God, get me home. Not, you know, and like my husband loved it and we had, it's the perfect honeymoon destination, but I wouldn't go back and I wouldn't go that far away from home again because it's just not what I enjoy um but that's why I know it yeah and knowing that is so useful because again it's like mimetic desire right you'll see like other successful online coaches being like well I'm going to travel the world now or I'm going to move to Dubai or I'm going to do this but no I want to say where do you live again I live in the best place in the world um it's just a little village in Leeds right (laughs) it's full of old people and sheep most people wouldn't be like do you know what <laughs> the best place in the world is a little village in Leeds but I also love that you know that and you know that about yourself and you're not like oh I'm gonna force myself to travel because that's what successful people do or that's what like other people want to know so I should want that it's being like no actually success to me is being able to stay at home with my dog balance my life impact so many people positively spend time with my husband and like that's success to me 100% like I was on a little walk this morning with my coffee I went to see this pig that lives around the corner called Penelope and she gets out of her bed in the morning and she's like (laughs) and she's so excited to see you and you can like scratch your head and then I like wander home I do a few check-ins and then I take the dogs to the park I'm like this is fucking living like this is what I've wanted my whole life and I get to do that every day have you read that it's like a quote story about the fisherman. Yeah. Love that. Oh, wait. Do you mean the one that the 
oh this might be oh yeah no, no okay so I think you're talking about the one where he someone gonna say you like, say it because I'll get it wrong <laughs> I'm gonna butcher this as well but in my so in my head it goes a bit like Let this me do it. there's a fisherman so there's two fisherman stories I know but I think this one is about the fisherman who goes out every day catches fish comes back but then just enjoys his life and this, mm-hmm. I want to say, like, American tourist is like, you do know that if you could, you know, if you got, like, 20 people to do that for you and then ran this big business and blah, blah, oh. blah. <laughs> I love the voice. She like my American accent. Then, then you could just sit all day at home and, like, do, I don't know, like, have more free time and all this. Then he's like, but I already do that. Like, I don't need all this money to do that. And I actually think so many people are chasing that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah it's, I want more money because then I'll be able to do this. And I'm like, you can literally do that now. It's like, like he, the guy was saying, oh, um, and you can have all these people work for you and build a business and earn loads of money. But the fisherman was like, well, I get to go out fishing every day and I love fishing. And then every evening I have dinner with my wife. Every evening I put my kids to bed. We spend weekends together. And the businessman was like, you could work seven days a week and earn a million pounds. And then you could retire and spend time with your wife and kids. And the fisherman was like, but they'll be grown up and I'll be old. And again, somebody might want that. Like if someone's driven to earn loads of money and then enjoy retirement. But I'm always like, what if you don't get there? Like, and like life is happening now. I'm always like, be present, but not in a woo-woo way. But also set yourself up as best you can for the future depending on what you want not what you think you should do there's such a good book that you'll enjoy it's called die with zero you sent me that yeah yeah because we were talking about this and essentially the premise is kind of what you've just explained which is that we see things backwards a lot of the time so when you're a student and you've got no money you're like oh I should work all summer and like save a little bit of money from the shit job that I have that won't pay me that much anyway and then like when I'm older, I'll get a better job and I'll be able to go on holiday or whatever. But when you get older, actually, that job is more time that, you know, like you need to, you don't have as much time, but you can potentially earn more money. So it's like this weird situation where like when you're younger, you've got health and you've got time, but you've got no money. And when you're mm. older, you've got money and hopefully still some health, but probably not as much as when you were younger and you don't have any time. So his whole argument is like, borrow as much when you're young go and live and do all the stuff that you want to do and then when you're older I'm sure you can pay back some of that debt but I guess the example as well is like what you earn all summer as a student might be what you earn in a week as an adult like yeah. or, or a bit older so it's like actually that does make a lot of sense if you think about it in that context like well yeah you could pay that debt back it's not that much anyway or you could accept that you're not going to make much money this summer holiday and just go off and enjoy yourself it's a bit like, you know, that meme or quote, which I really, I like it and I don't like it for different reasons. It's like, do you remember when you thought you were fat at 20 and now you wish you looked like you did at 20? Yeah. And it's like, you only do what you do because of what you know at that time. And then like how I think now compared to how I even thought like, two years ago is so drastically different and then in two years time I'll listen to this podcast and be like you were chatting shit there like yeah I started writing a book and then I realized that and I was like I can't like I wrote it like started it and I was like it sounds amazing and then I was like but I'll hate it in five years so 
not hate it like there's a lot of value in what we're saying now but you are everything and again that's why that quote's always relevant because you're always learning and growing and developing in different ways yeah I think there's a really interesting paradox about this and I think it's called like the history illusion or something and it's that you always think I mean you're actually quite self-aware about this but most people think that where they are now is almost the finished product they're like yeah I've learned loads over the last sort of five ten years but now I'm quite a rounded human and like, I'm probably not going to learn that much in the next five years, but you always think that, right? So you always think like, oh no, I'm, I'm pretty much set now. Like I won't learn much going forward. And then you look back on the last five years and you're like, fucking hell, I didn't know anything then. I've learned so much, but now, now I'm pretty set. And I think that just like follows you, which in a way I think is quite nice. Like I'd hate to think that I'm done. Like I'm yeah. just, I can learn. Yeah, that's why I started working with you as well, because when you think you're done, you're not looking for that inspiration and advice from people better than you. And then I was like, who do I want to be like business wise? Like, who do I think is a pretty nice person? And then obviously I thought of you, <laughs> of course. Um, but I think it's so important. And this sounds so cheesy to live an intentional life and to realize that we have so much more control over our happiness than we think. And obviously sometimes really bad shit happens and it's still bad and horrendous. Because one thing we mentioned yesterday was toxic positivity, because people could listen to this and think, oh, well, it's all right for you too, like coaches sat at home, like with clients, like of course you're positive and happy, nothing bad happens to you. And it's like, that's not the case. It's just how we respond to things, how we learn from things. And probably, I know a lot of it for me is that I accept that there will be shit times and there will be hard times. And life is like a journey. Like you'll have awful days, but then the whole it's only temporary comes back in. But sometimes things are just shit and you don't have to find a positive. Yeah, and no, like none of this stuff happens by accident as well. It's not like we just randomly ended up here with successful businesses. Like it all took hard work and everyone starts at zero and everyone's worked their way up. And I like to think that anyone who is better than me at anything has just worked harder than me. And I, I am fully aware that that is not always true. But mm -hmm. the thought of that means you're just going to work harder, right? It's, it's essentially like the extreme growth mindset. And like if that person's better than me at that, if they're better than me at public speaking, it's probably because they've done more, which means I just need to do more. Or it's probably because they've had better training, which means I need to go and find better training. Mm -hmm. I think you're so right. Like shit stuff does happen. But weirdly, the people I know who are the most positive usually have had the most shit happen to them. Genuinely. Mm -hmm. Like the people I know that are the most victim mentality actually have pretty fine lives and nothing bad has ever really happened. They just want to see negatives everywhere. I used to work in breast cancer, um, exercise for breast cancer survivors. The most positive people I've ever worked with who have probably been through like some of the hardest times that you've ever, like that people have ever experienced as well. And I think part of it is it does, like when, when you're faced with a diagnosis like that, it does give you this almost new lease of life or appreciation of life, especially like post-treatment. You're like, wow. I'm going to like smell the flowers. I'm going to make sure that I appreciate every little drop of life. But also that's so contagious. I actually think that that's where a lot of my 
mindset has come from working mm. with people like that who are, who are still like oh yeah I've got to do chemo three times this week but how amazing is it that that like this the sunrise this morning was incredible and I'm like you're absolutely phenomenal like I'm pissed off because I dropped like I don't know I dropped my eggs coming into my house or something I'm like it's so irrelevant and it, it is like put into perspective so many things in my own life and I just refuse to let those things impact me now and like even just because it, it's how you show up and knowing that you show up and impact other people like if I drop my eggs this morning and then I show up pissed off then it like drags on to someone else and I'm just like I don't want to have that kind of impact on other people and I almost yeah. see a kick in the face to people that I don't know like my clients at the time who were actually going through shit and still chose to come in their best move and like mood sorry and like pass on positivity to me and I was like what like yeah I just yeah. think that's incredible I like similar so with not similar because like breast cancer or any cancer and um, part of me thinks like it's not sad but why can't we just create that feeling of like I'm gonna like appreciate my morning coffee I'm not gonna sweat the small stuff like life is a gift I'm gonna make the most of it and I started feeling like that pretty young I would say even though it's it, it's never linear like I have days where I can't be asked I have days where like I don't want to go to the gym or don't want to walk the dogs and I'm just like oh fuck this but like I grew up like both my parents really struggled with their mental health so like seeing well mental illness so seeing that from such a young age made me really think about like how can that not happen to me um, and obviously we know that some mental illness it isn't this isn't what this podcast is about today and it's also over and above like my expertise but we can't always control mental illness but I was like I'm gonna do every single thing I can to never end up like that which is a bizarre way to think of your parents so yeah I think that's where it came from for me and then every day I was like what little things can I do to look after myself mentally and physically because we know when your mental health goes your physical health likely follows yeah or vice versa yeah yeah they're definitely connected right that's mm. interesting because I saw it's not the same but it's not that dissimilar like I saw a meme recently and it was like a millionaire and someone living on the street who was an alcoholic and it, and it said like uh, how did you get to where you were or why are you the way you are I think was how it was said and they both said because mm. alcoholics and it's like you can either follow in their footsteps or you can be motivated to break the chain obviously yeah. not the same as mental illness but it's think- very similar like yeah when it's so common isn't it that people either follow behaviors or go completely the other way and mm. I don't know what it is that flicks that switch and makes you decide because I did so when I was younger I was diagnosed with mental illness very young I had eating disorders and obviously I made choices that led to those illnesses but also it was so normalized around me like everyone was on medication everyone was crying all the time everyone spent all day in bed and didn't go to work like everyone didn't eat so it was like and obviously not every day was like that you know but it was like maybe maybe I dipped my foot in it a bit if I, if you can say that with mental illness and then I was like actually 
I've not got that deep that I can recover this. And the recovering from it took obviously a hell of a long time. And then that's a constant journey to prioritize our mental health and well-being. But maybe that was like seeing it, living it a little bit myself and then being like, fuck that. Like life is too, I don't know, too, like you get one, you get one chance, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably, I mean, so many factors come into this, but I think sometimes it it's, the belief that you can right so it's kind of like growth mindset of like do you think like fixed mindset would be well everyone around me's got mental illness my parents do as well like I'm this probably just gonna happen to me and look I've been diagnosed with something like this is just me now and then growth mindset would be like this is how I am at the moment but it's not how I want to be and I believe that I can change that via my actions and is I don't quote pardon it's the quote but about yourself so not about a relationship but and yeah. I did that, like, again, around a similar time that I was like, no, fuck this, I'm not going down the mental illness route. I was in a relationship then with someone that was a lot older than me. He was abusive mentally and physically. Um, he was a gambling addict. Loads going for him. Oh, great choice. 10 out of 10. Um, yeah, we don't judge my past choice in men because it's a shit show. But um, he, yeah, so that was going on as I was trying to navigate mental illness and my parents, like, declining mental health. And I literally woke up one morning and, again, just left. Like, left my mum and dad, didn't speak to them for ages. Like, we, we have a decent relationship now. Like, left him and he left me. So I was, I was 18 and in thousands of pounds of debt that I didn't know yeah he took credit cards out in my name wow. I know sat at home to receive the credit card gone and withdrawn cash with the mindset of our gamble it win more pay it back close the card and she'll never know so obviously then when I left I was getting these letters and I was like I've never had a credit card like what like honestly so bad um but yeah it was like that quote was then relevant then because I was like I know that I don't know who I am or what I want from life but I know I don't deserve to be mentally abused sexually abused physically abused like controlled he gave me a mobile phone with the numbers in it I was allowed oh yeah God. yeah yeah yeah. And Can I you guess that's that? maybe now why you're like do you know what I won't be with someone who's like you can't speak to men or you can't speak to this person because it makes me feel insecure you're like I know what my standards are and I wouldn't accept that anymore and it's not what I want yeah yeah maybe but I think like that quote can be relevant about yourself because I think we always think oh you know oh okay I won't settle for a rubbish relationship or friendship or career or but then I'm really realistic in the way that I know people listen to me this to this and be like, well, I can't just up and leave my job. I've got bills to pay and children to provide for and I can't just leave my partner. We're not saying that. We're saying sit down and have conversations and like your job might pay for your hobbies, which is amazing, but have hobbies, like have interests. Like if you need to pay the bills and you have to stay in your job, then set up something on the side or have something that you do love that 
your job then facilitates that even if it's like well I've got kids I can't have hobbies okay well what do you do with your kids like surely there's something and then find that and then grow and that in itself right like a lot of people don't truly find purpose until they have kids and then they're like wow or they're like I thought I had purpose and now like that's tripled because now I've got people that rely on me that I need to provide for that I like love unconditionally yeah 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 some people's purpose is family and is kids and that's amazing yeah all right all right then I feel happy (laughs) oh I really enjoyed that thank you very much thanks for having me you're very welcome right I will stop the recording 